Thank you for joining us on another week of Surviving Creativity. I'm one of your co-hosts, Corey Cassoni. I'm joined every week by Brad Geiger and Scott Kurtz. On this show, we talk about following your dreams, becoming your own boss, and surviving the process. As always, you can now find us on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and search Surviving Creativity. Add us to your queue. You'll get updated every time we've got a new episode. If you like what you hear, please consider becoming a patron. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity. This show is made possible by listeners like you. This week, the grumpy old men are getting grumpier. We're taking on the interwebs. All about the FCC, net neutrality, journalism, community journalism, community sharing of journalism, journalism for journalism, and community journalism, journalism, FCC. Get off my lawn. You're going to like it. We show our age. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Surviving Creativity. guys i'm barely surviving creativity this week oh man I, I, puns are brad's job what are you doing that was hardly a pun so it, actually maybe that's a good place to start uh what's been what's been vexing you this week i got one why well, i i don't know do you guys have one just goddamn obamacare am i right <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's the uh yeah, I, I feel like an old man this week. Really? I, I, yeah, you and I were talking about it a little bit earlier. I feel like I'm yelling at slacker kids on Twitter to get off my lawn. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, the, I want to talk about net neutrality because the Obama administration made a big statement yesterday mm-hmm. uh, making their recommendation to the FCC that, that um, the Internet be classified under Title II of the Telecommunications Act, um, which would... Uh, don't know the best way to explain that. Um, it would basically classify the internet as as not like as a, like a public utility, but as something that um, that can that has to be treated a certain way by companies. There, it's like several it's like several pages of of information about the way that you have to treat a certain a certain thing. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, and it kind of does classify it as a utility, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm actually checking it right now on on the exact wording of Title II because there's also Title I, which is a little different. But the the obvious problem with this is that the, the Communications Act is like 80 years old. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was first around to deal with like telegraphs and stuff. So it's not, you know, it, it's it's definitely the wrong thing for this technology, but it's better than nothing at this point, right. that I think is... You know, I think is where we're at. And uh, the reason why I feel like an old man is because of all these people on the social medias bitching and moaning about net neutrality. You know, here comes the president that we all voted for 
you know, or I'm assuming because of these young kids. Uh, here he comes and he says, hey, FCC just said the other day that they're, they just voted to take some, you know, suggestions, public suggestions, basically, and the administration suggests that we, that we classify this as Title II. And not a peep, just crickets. Mm-hmm. It makes me crazy, man. <laughs> it's like pick a, pick a cause and stick with it, you slackers. <laughs> Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, I it it was it it it's really amazing the amount of complete apathy that that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. So it's really funny to me is the last couple of months I have been by nature doing things that for the last 10 years I've been trying to force myself to do unsuccessfully. And that is disconnect and not post on anything. <laughs> I can't tell you the number of times in the last two weeks that I have written things, stared at them, and went, nah. Yeah. Or just thought, you know, I'm, maybe I'll post about it, and then went, nah. You know, I'm getting, like... I'm getting Twittered out, man. I feel the same way. I don't like, want to contribute to the noise. I don't want to contribute to the noise. Like, So, it's really interesting, right? There are people I know who are disconnected due to an age gap. Okay? Like my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad, he doesn't know anything about what's going on uh, outside of the nightly news in the newspaper. If it's not in there, he doesn't know what's happening in the world. Um, he's certainly not finding out news from Twitter. He's certainly not finding out news from Facebook or any kind of social media feed. So, um, and it seems to me that he's missing out on very little. Uh, yeah. And then I know people who are disconnected by choice. And they seem to be missing out on very little. And so it's one of those things where I think that the new, a new part of kind of living in this internet age is, is self, not, it's the opposite of censorship, right? It's, it's, it's closing yourself out to, to input, to harmful it's input. It's kind of, yeah. You've got kind to really, what's the word? You've got to, um, Self-censorship. Isolate? No. I mean, I think. So you've got to isolate yourself. Yeah, you've got to kind of isolate yourself from... Or filter somehow. Yeah, you've got to put these... You've somehow got to isolate yourself from the... From the... From the noise. I mean, it's just... It's it's um, it's um the social it's media a, equivalent of wearing earplugs at a concert. I think it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I think it's... I think it's changing times in... And, uh, you know, as, as a, as a marketeer, if you will, or a former marketer, I see it, I see a lot of these companies taking advantage of, uh, lately of social issues, which is really disheartening. But, um, when I first noticed the change and I, you know, we, we're, we're Twitter users and I think that's where a lot of this comes from. When I first noticed a change in Twitter is when they started to really push advertising and then it mm-hmm. became like this the you know the native advertising thing is taking off and that's basically where companies hide advertising in in content and you know now a lot of that is happening and people fall victim to it i i think that it's this this outrage thing where everyone wants to jump on the latest outrage and then they accidentally fall victim to what is essentially viral marketing they don't even realize they're doing it you know it's and everywhere. then and it's, yeah, it's and so pervasive that, and it's not. It's not that the general consumer of online media is an idiot. 
it's they're, no. they're it's just too easy punked. it's too easy to yeah they're getting punked it's too Everyone's easy to retweet it's too easy to favorite and i and i think that um you know maybe it's time instead of instead of buyer beware maybe it's time we need some kind of like tweeter beware sort of yeah, thing reader to beware. yeah reader beware you know you have to be aware now that this and it's not just on websites it's on twitter it's on facebook it's you know there's so much noise the signal that we we talk a lot on this show you'll probably hear us say signal to noise a lot the signal is what the actual message is the noise is all the stuff surrounding it and well the and signal it, to noise ratio on stuff is way out of whack right now and it's getting really dangerous in that there are so many sources of there there's it's getting to the point that there's more sources of misinformation on the web than there are sources of information and, and specifically I'm sure at this point, uh, Scott and Corey, you guys have come across a site like Empire News, oh, right? No. Or national or national news, which and are these sites? These sites claim to be satire sites, but they there's nothing satirical about the information they're putting right. out. Right, they're not the Onion. They they they've got everything about satire down except the ability to be funny or to make a funny comment. <laughs> and really, what it is is it's strict uh, clickbait. You know, they're, they're yeah. just yeah, trying man, to get people. And, and so there was the story it's last week. It's yelling fire in a theater. Over yeah. and over and over again. And what happens and nothing, now. And, and I'll tell you what else. It. The New Yorker is just as guilty about Empire. Uh, just as guilty as Empire News. Because they run oh, yeah. that Horowitz, uh, uh, his columns. And they don't mark it as satire. They don't mark it as opinion. Anywhere on the site. They yep. just run it straight up as if it's a news story. And so many times people will end up pointing to that as saying, oh, take a look at what Obama said. And it's a complete fabrication on the point of Horowitz. And the New Yorker, who should know better as a group, won't won't put that uh, put a label on that. This is opinion. This is satire. They're just as guilty as Empire News. Well, and, to, and to tie it back into you know these things that are going to be happening with the FCC... This is, in my opinion, this is part of why we need some kind of oversight or rules of, uh, you know, of, of the Internet, be it be it Title II or uh, I was just doing some research. The other one is um, Section 706 of the Telecommunications Act. Uh, the difference being Title II is like a hundred and something page document and Section 706 is two paragraphs long. And so, like... <laughs> Neither one of these things is going to work for regulating the internet in any specific way, but we're definitely starting to hit a place where, you know, information, misinformation, you know, information overload, like this is where this generation is getting all of their primary info. And there's no reason that any of it has to be true or real or accurate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there's no consequences if it isn't. Like nobody's going after any of these news organizations saying, you know, you you tricked me. I did fill in the blank. It would take it would take a pretty massive class action lawsuit on something insane. Like it would be it would be one of these non satire satire news sites reporting that you know Ebola has broken out in a major American city and lock yourself in the house. Haha, isn't that funny? And a bunch of people would have to freak out and then and then you know all band together and then sue them. <laughs> right. That's the, that's the only right. thing that would stop this kind of shit. Yeah, but it, but um, but in the meanwhile, it, it's it's dangerous to our country. I mean, we we do sound like a bunch of of grumpy old men yelling at the kids on the lawn, but it really is <laughs> get off my internet, you, <laughs> you damn kids! It's Honestly, really 
Go ahead, Scott. Well, see, we because my wife and I were big fans of the newsroom, the TV show, the HBO TV show, the newsroom. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it really it constantly addresses this. And I, I don't I really don't feel like getting any arguments over Sorkin or the Betchel tester, whether or not you're into Sorkin. Just go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> the West Wing was awesome and everything he's done is awesome. And I the, the American president movie was even awesome. And I love the newsroom. What they do on that show is they write it. In the past, okay, so, um, for example, the premiere of this season just hit. It's actually its last season, sadly, but, so the premiere episode is what this fictional newsroom, how they covered the Boston Marathon bombings. So Sorkin has the advantage of hindsight. Right. And saying, here's how it should have been covered, right, or here's where people made mistakes in coverage. And it shows the alerts coming into the newsroom, it shows them trying to confirm sources. It shows them everyone on everyone in the news team contacting different sources they have. Can you know, was this a, is are we sure this wasn't a gas explosion? Are we sure this and this and this? And the younger people on the news team are like, hey, look, someone's saying this on Twitter. There's someone here, he's saying that a person has lost a limb. And everyone in charge is saying we can't report Twitter. That's yeah. not a source. And so by the end of the episode, or halfway through the episode, they get to the part where the police had to actually release the names of their real suspects before they were ready to, because people were trying to solve the crime on social media and had gotten to a point where they had somehow connected the dots to someone who was missing, and they had put up false... um suspects over social media and the family of that suspect was getting harassing phone calls death threats rape threats anti well that actually happened yes absolutely Mm -hmm. anti-muslim threats despite the fact that she was not muslim and all of that was happening because misinformation was trumping actual information and so by the end of the episode the jeff daniels character says you know who did a great job today the police the fbi we did a great job you know who didn't do a great job? Everyone with a fucking Twitter account. And if I have to hear one more thing about citizen journalism or citizen uh, law enforcement, I'm going to smack somebody. And mm-hmm. when we were watching, I turned to my wife and I said, that is not going to go over well with the kids. Like, that is not <laughs> going to go over. That sentiment, mm-hmm. everyone yeah. that I know on Twitter that's my age that hates Sorkin is going to shit all over him for that statement. But call me old-fashioned, you know, call me Clark Kent thinking, but I still believe that it's okay, like, it's okay to let... Everyone in law enforcement is not corrupt. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the FBI is not inept. You know, people that work in newsrooms, and yeah, they're more and more owned by big conglomerates, but, like, there are still people in these institutions with good intentions and professional ethics and excellent training. And, you know, it just seems like, uh, I don't know. Let them, let them do their job. Yeah. Let them do their job. Let them, let them do what they trained and hired to do. I think that there are real problems that need to be addressed. Yeah. yeah. I think there are cultural problems that need to be addressed. But 
I don't know how we make the jump to citizen law enforcement. That's that's what I'm talking about. Like I don't I don't know if we can. But th- this but is what the other that's thing. That's what I'm talking about. Like like that's the problem, right? And the the biggest issue here is that we're losing an ability to have an informed public. Right. And but for everyone has a different opinion on why. But what I'm saying is that I'm starting to believe that I personally feel that reading Twitter and Facebook all the time and and watching any kind of cable news is prohibiting my ability to be an informed citizen. Like I'm really having to curate where I take in my information. I think and, that's and, the that's the key. And I is, don't is believe anything info. anymore. My wife will be like, "Did you hear about this? Did you hear about that?" And I'll always say, "Where'd you read it?" Yeah, like yeah. I am skeptical immediately. Immediately. I mean, on one hand, that's good, right? We she she said, "Hey, did you see that someone at Bungie got swatted?" And I said, "What do you mean?" And she goes, well, someone at Bungie um, woke up because the FBI was on their lawn because they got a call that someone at this house had uh, assault rifles and was going to kill the whole family and come get them. And it was, Ooh. and it was, and I said, well, where'd you read it? And I just wouldn't believe her until I saw it on a legitimate news site. Just wouldn't believe it. Yeah. And even then, I still want to wait a day. Because even the legitimate news sites are jumping <laughs> right. the gun. Oh, and they're because they're they're calling other news sites sources, and those news sites aren't aren't sourcing their stuff, and it's just a trickle down effect, right? Yeah. yeah, and they're getting better and better about how they're disguising. In other words, now I when I see something questionable on Facebook, I immediately look underneath and see, okay, Empire News, I, that's bullshit. But now, like, I got I I I clicked on a link I should have never clicked on uh, the other day. It was Macaulay Culkin's death, and I thought it was real because I saw MSNBC in the URL. But it was MSNBC.blogtastic or something, and and but all I saw my eye went to MSNBC and I got completely fished in, right? So. It's getting harder and harder. Even even if you're somewhat savvy, like I try to think I am, uh, even when you're somewhat savvy, you still get like uh, hooked in by this stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's difficult. the The citizen reporting thing is the thing that that I am so utterly on the fence on because on one hand I can see how this this would be a great way to get a lot of eyes and and feet and mouths on the ground and in. Situations in which an embedded reporter just can't get there or can't be there, but on the other hand, I, I, as a guy who knows how to manipulate this kind of stuff, it's well, just yeah, too easy, yeah. man. I mean, look, uh, when Ferguson was going down, what was really great was that the reporters that were being shut out could not have their twitters shut out. Mm-hmm. So right, you could right. follow the legitimate reporters on Twitter. Yeah, and I saw a lot of people in my feed. Not reporting, well, this guy's on the ground and he saw this. Well, who's that guy? I don't know. He's just some kid. But I saw a lot of people saying, here's the guy from this news site. Here's the guy from this news uh, news station. Spread the word. The press is being pushed out. Like, this is the military, the police force are shutting the press out. Yeah. And this is really scary. And it was more of a, let's use Twitter 
to spread the word. No one's talking about this, but right now in this small town, Ferguson, the police are pushing the press out as riots are happening. And this is, it's a total media blackout. Let's not let that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that was exciting. Right. But it's, that's a double edged sword. Is, it, but as good as all that is, the, the thing that made journalism journalism, it was, uh, quite frankly, copy editors. In other words, a reporter would go out and come back with a report, and then you had this old curmudgeon or a young curmudgeon sitting at a desk who would start peppering them with questions. And they'd say, okay, uh, how do you know this is the case? Uh, do you have a Where'd corroborating source? Where'd you get this? Who's your source? source? Yeah. Yeah, you have a corroborating source for that fact. And I, I always thought, uh, you know, as, as crucially important as I thought being a newspaper graphic artist was, uh, I always thought, you know, I, I, I couldn't, I, I would never have what it takes to be a reporter because they, you know, I would be up until midnight, one o'clock, uh, putting the paper out. But the reporter would go home and then they would have to field phone calls into the night with all these questions that would come up through the night. And then they'd have to, no matter what they were doing, they'd have to turn around, access their notes and answer the questions. I think the problem is with the 24 hour news cycle, that's just never going to happen again. Like those, those days are gone. You can't do that and get the news out there. Well, yeah, but but it, at at the sacrifice of what? At the sacrifice of accuracy and good journalism. We're we're we're, yeah. we're sacrificing an awful lot to be first. Well, I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time on this because we really do sound like a bunch of old men, <laughs> <laughs> old white men. Well, I mean, we are right, isn't that? <laughs> no, I mean, I know that we are. I just. It, we've said enough. What else is going on? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, we first we started talking about the FCC and uh, and net neutrality. I turned it around to being cranky at, at the kids because this was a major announcement yesterday, and nobody. I was so disappointed in in all of my social media feeds that no one was talking about this, and I think part of the reason why is because it's hard to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. Uh, the the Obama administration is suggesting to the FCC uh, that they're they're proposing that yes this should fall under Title II which is part of the Communications Act which is you know uh, an act that uh, protects and and promotes certain services as as public services and and make sure that companies don't it's it's like a set of rules for companies so they don't misuse. Uh, these services, they have to act in, in the public interest, essentially. Um, that was a big deal. Uh, and just nobody, I mean, just nobody, man. Nobody talked about it. Even just today, I got it this morning before we, we went on, and I started searching, being like, all right, it was kind of late in the day. Mm-hmm. Clearly somebody's talked about it now. And the only thing I see is is a tweet from Senator Ted Cruz saying that at uh, <laughs> net neutrality is the Obamacare of the internet or something like that. Of course, my first thought was, so I'm going to have lower premiums and get better service? I don't understand <laughs> what the problem is here. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think this is important for all of us working in new media because it's still a decision that has to be made. Um, uh, the guy's name is eluding me right now. I think it's Tom Walker. who's Wheeler? The, Wheeler, yeah, Tom Wheeler. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's been that's been appointed by the administration who's working with the FCC is trying to set rules and he has been hesitant 
to go Title II because it doesn't fit the internet. The internet is too new and fast and broad. The the telecommunicate or the Communications Act hasn't been updated since '96, and even then, I mean, that was 18 years ago, and it was light updates at best. It's an 80 year old, you know, act. Um, Section 706 is not is not enough. It's two paragraphs that, that basically say, you know, uh, don't don't do anything that that uh, you know that discriminates on charges and and it's most its biggest concern is with companies competing with one another and making sure nobody develops a monopoly. But um, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see what happens. You know the. The FCC is is now open taking comments. I'm sure there's a website you could go to and you could so you can if, put in comments. If this passes, right? If the FCC decides it's a it's um, title two, it's a utility. What does that mean for the decision with Netflix? Uh, which decision with Netflix? Where well, they did, paid money? Yeah. To, I nothing right now. So the the thing that Scott's talking about is in. Eh, don't remember when it was, but Comcast basically said to Netflix, like, hey, you guys are eating a ton of bandwidth. You got to help us out here, particularly at this time of night on these days. And Netflix is like, sorry, it's your internet. Make it work. So Comcast throttled Netflix down to next to nothing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was, I don't remember uh, exactly when it was, but it was primetime Netflix. You could not watch anything. It Mm -hmm. It was a wreck, right? And Netflix had to, they caved and paid, Com, they made a deal with Comcast and paid a lot of money to make sure that their bandwidth was always, that, that they were always getting the bandwidth they needed to support their customer base. Um, you know, and that's that's the primary argument for net neutrality is you don't want companies to, to do this. You don't want them to uh, take away digital rights and freedom. You don't want them to control the data. An extreme example would be uh, you know, if there was a, a a Cox search engine or something like that, and if you had Cox cable internet, uh, I'm I'm trying not to use Comcast because that's <laughs> I'm just <laughs> picking another one. But if you had Cox cable internet and you went to you know to Google instead of giving you Google, it would give you the results for the Cox search engine, which would just be a bunch of sponsored searches. Right. Yeah. And then if you wanted Google, you had to pay an extra five bucks a month to get Google. You know, or uh, alternatively, the Cox search engine is super fast. The Google search engine is garbage. It doesn't just doesn't work, and you you can't use it. Um, you know, Title Two would basically say you've got a God. It says a lot of things, but the gist of it was it it would make sure that nobody was acting outside of the public interest. Um, so you couldn't do anything to limit that kind of stuff. The, the biggest problem with it is that all these companies have already put a ton of money into laying this infrastructure down. Right. Yeah, and they're going to want to return on that investment. And sure. the other thing to remember, I mean, although it was great to hear Obama say this last night, and, and it, it was very, very strong wording, you've got to remember that even though Wheeler is an Obama appointee, his job before heading the FCC was being a lobbyist for the telecommunications industry. That's where he made right. his money. Right. Was through That's where accepting, got to start. Uh, you know, it, it, it money from the telecommunications industry and getting uh, favorable laws passed for that group. And, uh, you know, that's where his roots lie. And so, can, uh, do you really 
trust him to come forth with the strongest possible protection for a free internet? I don't know. I mean, if he wants to maintain his cabinet, I, this is where it's going to start to come down to politics. You've got this line that's going to get drawn in the sand, and you're going to have big business and and you know right wing supporters of big business on one side, and on the other side, you're going to have uh, tech tech industry liberals, moderate to liberals, and and now the presidency saying, "Hey, Title II," which I I'm a pragmatic dude, and I think Title II is wrong. I really, I do. I think it's it's a lot of regulation that some of which is close to a hundred years old that affects things like the telegraph system, mm-hmm. and it's and the bigger you make something, the more convoluted it is. And and as a guy who's worked for these big companies, they're gonna find some whack ass loophole from mm-hmm. you know nineteen twenty <laughs> right. that allows them to do something horrible. That what we need is new, and I, I think 706 is wrong too. You know, 706 is the idea of it is to promote competition, and that the people who support that, which t- tend to fall on the big business side, by the way, they they say, well, if we just do it this way, then you're going to have all these ISPs popping up all over the place. When, frankly, the only company that's been able to to do that in America so far is Google, and they've only done it in like five cities. It's not spreading quickly. But here's where here's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a p- counterpoint to that, Corey. Here's where you have to rely on uh, laws that have already been passed and things that are already in place. Because if there's one thing we've seen, certainly in the last four or five years, and 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 maybe even going back further, is that it is impossible to get the two parties to work together to do. Anything. Yeah. So when you're saying that you'd like to see a new law uh, uh, passed or new uh, regulation, forget about it. They can't order pizza, let alone pass a law. <laughs> it, it, it's never going to happen. Pepperoni, so no best, sausage. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. By the time by the time they get done, <laughs> they end up with crust, <laughs> and and then it's a it, right. you can bet your boots <laughs> that it's going to be a gluten free freaking crust. So the thing about it right. is is that you you've got to rely on this old stuff made back in the day when people could sit down together and come up with a compromise because today's politics. It's a football game, and if I win, you lose, and if you win, I lose, and there's no such thing as as uh, compromise. Yeah, I mean, and w- what's sad is somebody's gonna have to figure something out soon because we don't have a lot of time. Um, you know, Comcast being one of the largest companies, they've agreed to abide by certain stricter rules that affect what they do, but only until 2018. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that, we'll that play was, by the rules until the until twenty eight. Right, right, and that and that that is part of the deal they did with NBC Universal, and it's it's like a priority uh, prioritization and throttling thing, and it's gonna get it's gonna get bad. And I, like we talked about last time, I think that what we're gonna see is the creation of a new market and don't confuse what I'm saying right now with what the, you know, the big businesses are saying, which is, you know, this will be diversity in the market because I'm of the opinion that the market does not yet exist. The, and I think this is the hoax of these, of these big businesses who are, you know, who are mostly controlling the internet right now that are saying, you know, this is this, we don't want title two. We don't want 706. It's, what we what we want is for the market to be free and all these new things are going to pop up and blah blah blah. But if you really sit down and look at it, there is no market. There's mm-hmm. there's no market. There there are there are a handful of companies who are towing the line that have barely any infrastructure laid for internet, and and they're the ones controlling everything right now. The only way that 
that a market is going to exist at all is if something uh, dramatic happens and and there's a, a huge shift. And I think the other thing that people aren't thinking about right now is the cultural shift in the way people use the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're all relatively tech-savvy people. Most of our jobs center around using this virtual space. The, the next generation of kids that I know of that are 23 and younger – you know, especially when you get into the 14, 15 year old, when I, those, those range of kids to them, the internet is on a phone. Yes. It's through it. It's through a 3g network. They're mostly watching YouTube, checking Wikipedia, or they're on an iPad, you know, looking up something to do their homework. But to them, the internet is just in the air. It's just this, this thing that's, you know, that's up in the air and it's, it's centered around AT&T and Verizon. And I think that that, shift is coming. You're going to see even more of that. And nobody's talking about that yet. You know, we're all worried about, about land based, you know, wires that run along poles and then go into our house because that's our internet. That's what we are used to. The next internet is just in, it's just in the air. It's just there. Everybody just has it. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, just as an under underline of what you just got done saying, I teach a class uh, at Hushin school of art and the other two weeks ago, I mentioned RSS, and I saw the entire and, and these are all kids that I, I are very plugged in. Uh, I mentioned RSS, and I saw the entire room go blank. And I'm like, yeah, man, you know RSS. That's how you follow websites that update uh, as frequently. And there wasn't one of them that was able to tell <laughs> me what RSS was, or that they had heard of it, or or it, that it had come up in a in a previous conversation ever. That's mind-boggling, isn't it? Yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't long ago that that was the primary source Cut, of getting in. Cutting that. edge. I I, I still yeah. remember RSS, real simple syndication. I thought this is great. What a great I way to follow like, your websites. I still feel like we survived it. Like yes, we outlasted it. Uh, well, <laughs> there is that too. I mean, uh, I, this I I I I did a post about it for webcomics.com uh, around about the same time because I brought it across my radar again, and I said, okay, where do we stand on RSS? It makes it easier for people to swipe from you, and of course, immediately I got a lot of people saying, well, they you, they don't need RSS to swipe from you. They can do it. They, if they want your content, they'll get it one way or the other. But RSS made it really really easy to swipe. You know, they can't sure. so in that from you, they already own it because it's everything's free and the internet's free and it's everything's free. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a totally separate issue. Uh, so, um, Marvel celebrated seventy five years, yeah, and they threw together a special. <laughs> they did. They did. They threw together this special to air, kind of after Agents of Shield, kind of celebrating seventy five years of you know bringing pulp to pop art you know and in the middle of this special as they're interviewing people and throwing up artwork um they threw up accidentally a piece of fan art yeah oh no and of course the guy that drew it was like oh shit that's my fan art and it went around the internet and um, yeah, there's a lot of outrage over and like, well, Marvel should do the right thing. Well, what no one is talking about, so we will, is that the director <laughs> of the show, Zach Knutson, 
got in touch with the guy that drew the fan art. He sent them an email and basically said, we used your art. That wasn't supposed to happen. We screwed up. We made it in eight weeks. Your art got through the approval <laughs> process accidentally. And it shouldn't have. And what we would like to do is if you would please contact us by email, I want to make sure that we put you in touch with a producer and you're taken care of monetarily and that wasn't right. We didn't get your permission and let me know if we can make this possible. And the guy emailed That's them. fantastic. And they uh, negotiated a sum and everyone's happy. Yes. That's great. And, and so what's the so, problem? So we make sure that we give credit where credit is due. The, the artist's name is Mark Lapierre. And he, you probably know him from the webcomic Super Fogies. Uh, but really, really I, nice guy, very good artist. Uh, and, I, and he went out uh, publicly on his social media feed and uh, said, yeah, they got in touch with me. Everything is good. I'm happy. So what, why, what's the problem? There's no problem. It's just that when the fan art got used in the special, <laughs> everything exploded because Marvel is a corporation and corporations are evil and they're out to fuck everyone and fuck Marvel and Jack Kirby and fuck Stanley. <laughs> and then right immediately afterwards, the producer's like, whoops, thank you. Let's negotiate a sum. We should not have done that. We, you should have been credited. You should have been paid. Let's make a mea culpa and get you paid. And Mark's like, sounds great. And they negotiated a sum. And now he got he got paid to have his thing on TV. And the internet said. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so the question is, was did did the producer figure it out because the internet freaked out? And and did the did the internet do its job in that scenario? Uh, well, I or mean, did the, again, you know, you're you're just wanting you're just wanting someone on the internet to go, hey, good on you, producer of this thing. I think maybe it just comes back around to just post something positive for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's not even that. It's just that. It's just that. Um, the way that it would, the way that it should happen is that, and and to 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 their credit, a lot of new sites did. I even saw it on Bleeding Cool, and mm -hmm. I saw the follow-up on Bleeding Cool, which is, hey, guess what? Marvel ran their 75-year anniversary TV show. They accidentally put in some fan art. Whoops, that was not supposed to happen. And the internet saw it, and there's been a lot of talk on Twitter and Facebook about how they used it. And let's see what happens. The end. And that's reporting. Here's what happened. Here's what people are saying. Let's see what happens next. <laughs> and then it was, we ran the story last week. Here's a link. Here's what happened. The guy got paid. Everyone's happy. The end. And it's like, that's the way it's supposed to go. Right. Right. But there's no um, fake outrage to be had there. So uh, it got completely uh But because buried. what's interesting to me is I think because I have cut myself off from a lot of stuff that's all i saw <laughs> i didn't see the outrage I, oh by the way i gotta tell you man um let me make a suggestion to everyone right now who works in a creative field do me a favor today okay just don't check twitter mm. try it try it for one day just don't do it like just i know it's gonna be hard but just don't check twitter today 
You can check it tomorrow. Tomorrow you can read it, you can respond to everyone, but just don't check it today. And tell me at the end of the day if you don't feel better. And if you do feel better, what I want you to do tomorrow is I want you to go through your Twitter list and say, who am I following because they piss me off? Mm. Because this is something that I was doing for Mm -hmm. a long time. (laughs) Who am I... Who am I following on Twitter just so I can see them tweet and go, that motherfucker. (laughs) And do me a favor and unfollow them because here's what the payoff's going to be. At first, you're going to be like, what are they saying? I know they're saying shit and it would piss me off if I was reading it and I'm going to be, I'd be, I'm missing out on being outraged. I know that fucker is saying crazy shit that pisses me off. He's doing it right now. (laughs) What's going to happen is if you can push through that if you cannot back up and refollow eventually you'll forget about them mm-hmm. and then in a month you'll be like more than likely something will put it back in your feed like someone will retweet them and you'll go oh that fucker i forgot about them that's great can i, I did not worry about them for a month <laughs> can i add a little icing to that cake if you Please. take the scott kurtz twitter free uh challenge do <laughs> this as well <laughs> keep track of how much more work you're getting done in a day <laughs> because what you're not doing and, and here's and and i'm as guilty about this as anyone uh, so, so you're in that situation and I've got people on my feed. I follow just because I know they're going to torque me. And, uh, so, so they say something and then you decide you're going to say something back. Right. And then what do you do for the next two hours? But go back and see if somebody's responding. And And then you do a name check to see if somebody else that you're not following has said something about you. And then you you pour yourself into uh, social media, seeing the effects and getting ready. And and your your mind is not on your work because it's like, okay, if he says this, I'm going to say that. And if he says that, I'm going to come back with this. And that son of a... and, And two hours are gone. Oh man, it's 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 so liberating. <laughs> I, and I had to wean myself. So what I did is I <laughs> Here's what I did, okay? I took them out of my f- timeline and put them in a, a list because Twitter has lists. Mhm. And I'm like, okay, everyone that I'm following just because they piss me off, I'm just putting in a list. And then every once in a while I'll just check the list. And then I forgot about the list and it's just yeah. I, I it's great. It's wonderful. I've been doing something a little bit similar in that I will use Hootsuite to like, cause I, I still have to really, I I like to promote. I like to kind of keep stuff Mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. You got to You got to post. So I'll do, but, but in the morning I'll kind of say, okay, I'll post about this at three o'clock. I'll post that at five o'clock, you know, West coast time, East coast time, blah, blah, blah. And I'll, I'll do a bunch of my tweeting first thing in the morning and, and space it out. You know, and then if something comes up and I'm in the moment, I'll tweet about it, sure. But then as far as on my on my desktop, I'll I might have Twitter on, but it'll be on the notifications page. So if somebody says something and I want to respond to it, I can. But I'm not going in and looking for trouble. <laughs> you know, I I won't look at my Twitter feed itself, just the people who are talking back to me and maybe want some more information. But that's been yeah, working that's actually out some- pretty good. 
that's actually something you can do too because of these third-party apps is you you can still post which you know we've all talked about as a necessary mm-hmm. thing to do as you know as part of promoting your your whatever your uh you know whatever your content is you gotta you gotta promote and you have to be available and able to respond to people so you gotta you know you gotta see those ads but it's that feed man the feed is the problem yeah what you do is this i'm also going to suggest this get a twitter buddy okay whether it's your wife or another <laughs> colleague or a professional <laughs> or your husband and you say i'm putting you in charge of my twitter account here's the password you now control my twitter account will you and when i need to make a post like there's a new strip up or hey i have this thing on sale your twitter buddy makes the post <laughs> really are you doing that Hmm? Huh? 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 <laughs> Are you doing that? No. Oh. I but I can't bring myself to do that. I was gonna say you're, I, all, you're almost I could there. not you're imagine uh, calling Carolyn and saying, uh, you know, make sure you you mention the new uh, strip today or something like that. It's a it's listen. It's tough to do. It's it's a special. That's that's not everyone has we, someone they can do that with. But we've talked about it. We're not quite. We're not quite there yet. I don't feel it's necessary. What's really interesting now is that I I've somehow, like I said, I somehow found a way to just get in a good spot where I really just don't cause myself a lot of problems. <laughs> I, it's just true. I just don't. And yeah. And so what? It, what? What's really interesting now is that, um, uh, especially with Table Titans, and it's happening a lot with PvP too. Facebook is a really great place to curate responses. Mm-hmm. And and monitor responses. So what will happen is I'll go like into Facebook, and since I am an administrator for the PvP Facebook page and the Table Titans Facebook page, I can see what other administrators, aka Corey, has done. So like I'll go in and Corey is <laughs> every day he makes a post in Facebook. Here's the new PvP, and it's a link to the strip. And then below that are comments, right? And you can see how many people liked it and how many people shared it, and then comments. And it's like, oh, I love Leela. Oh, this happened to me. Blah blah blah. And then there's a comment like, hmm, hmm. Leela's a dumb bitch and I fucking hate this strip, but it's like gray. Like it's very faded. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? And Corey goes, oh, I muted that. Mm-hmm. And I said, what does that do? And he goes, it means no one can see it. I mean, you can see it because you're an admin in case you want to unmute it, but no one saw it. Well, what does the guy that made the post see? Uh, he just sees his post. He thinks it's still yeah, not there. A, not a goddamn they, thing. Yeah, not a goddamn thing. And I go, so he thinks people just saw his post and just ignored him? And and Corey's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Because he's like, yeah. hey, guys, Leela's got great tits. I'd fuck her. And no one responds. And he goes, oh, I guess no one liked that comment. Well, if <laughs> if, uh, if anybody does anything that aggressive, they don't they don't just get hidden. They get we, banned. We ban uh, them. I but, mean, I'll, I'll, I'll block them outright. But, uh, but yeah, generally speaking, if somebody... And and we don't do it with controversy. Like if somebody has a comment that is relevant, then we'll let it fly because it spurs conversation and conversation means interaction. Interaction means more people come to our site to read the thing, more shares, more likes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and we're not always right. So it's good to hear from people. Um, but the, the Internet is not a world of free speech. Sorry. Whoever, whoever has convinced themselves out there, by the way, that you know, free speech is on Facebook and your favorite forum and Twitter or whatever. Mm, you, I'm mm, sorry, mm, mm, you're wrong. These aren't government institutions. They're the you know the Table Titans and PvP pages are run by us. 
and and we're a, a horrible corporate dictatorship, and we're not going to allow you to well, to say terrible things. It's such an amazing it has nothing tool. to do with horrible either. If you were throwing a right. if you were throwing a uh, dinner party, and you had a guest that stood up and started saying uh, foul things that you that that was making your other guests feel uncomfortable. As a good host, you would have to take steps to quell that. Sure, you'd ask them to leave. Yes, absolutely. Yes. It's now, just if they want to go, host. if they want to go, if they want to go out on the sidewalk with a sign that says the same horrible stuff in a public space outside your house, speech. yes, that's free speech. Nobody can stop them from doing that. But that you know, that's you're in our you're in our house, and I, I'm sorry, but telling telling me that Val has great tits and you really want to fuck her is not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna fly. It's not a compliment, man. Like, that's not a compliment. That is that's creepy at, at best. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, please don't objectify my amazing character that I've. That is my there, wife. There were <laughs> there was a large when Table Titans first started. There was a large contingent of guys and girls that thought that it was a huge compliment to. <laughs> to be posting that and it was like the the inappropriate stuff was for the most part was just hidden and the really bad stuff was just banned i just outright banned and it's like come on guys that's not like that's just not okay it's not our brand we're gonna do our brand and that's not our brand i'll I'll tell you i'll tell you what though it's and the point is the mute button on facebook is an amazing tool that everyone should utilize because it's so um, non-confrontational. It's just mm-hmm. like it's the it's the uh, the hide button. It's a little X yeah, to the right of someone's just, comment. You can hide it. It just hides it. They don't really get any big notification. There's no because nope, if you block nothing. someone, they're like, oh, you blocked me, huh? I must be getting under your skin. Oh, Kurt's blocked me. Oh, uh, he can't take a criticism. Blah blah. blah. <laughs> it's just kind of like saying, you know what? I'm gonna turn this down a little bit. Uh, the volume here yeah. where you're interrupting the conversation that we're having. It's just a wonderful tool that I think Facebook got right that everyone should well, know about. One of the, one of the few things that oh, Facebook got right. Yeah. Well, along those same lines, Scott, have you, and, cause I, I think I know the answer to this. Have you curtailed your, uh, uh, self ability to read the comments on your own strip? In other words, do you read a whole lot of the comments that are posted on your on your site and on the Facebook page and stuff like that? Um, well, the Facebook comments are... I probably shouldn't jinx it, so... <laughs> but for PvP and Table Titans, the Facebook com- comments are 99.99% positive. They're generally They're really... Positive, it's yeah. really... We've really curated it down to... People... I, yeah, you know, for all the stuff that Facebook doesn't do right as a social platform, I see a lot more people sharing stuff they like rather than sharing stuff that they find outrageous mm-hmm. or that, that that pisses them off. And I see the exact opposite on Twitter. To me, Twitter is the land of, doesn't this make you mad? And that, <laughs> I, I would say that of like of the majority of positive and negative comments we get all of the negative stuff seems to come from twitter it's people taking it twitter is 140 characters in and out Mm -hmm. yeah you know they they come in they they drop some hate bomb and then they get out and they just wait man they're just baiting they're just they're just laying chum out in the water and just waiting for you to take a bite twitter i ignore and i I use the mute feature on twitter too as well i mean I'll, i'll skim 
some at replies on Twitter um, after I post a strip. They're mostly positive as well, but the great thing about Twitter is there's also a mute function on that where you can say, well, I don't like what this guy said. I'd like to mute him. And then he's still posting at you. He's not getting any message that says that he was blocked by you, but um, you just don't hear it. Uh, so it doesn't. It just does not get to you. So you can. And I do it in tweet tweetbot. But it says I'd like to mute this person. Would you like to mute him for a week? Would you like to mute him for a day? Because like one time a friend of mine is like, hey, we're gonna watch this marathon and live tweet it. So I muted her for the day because I didn't want him to read those tweets. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then the next and then the next day when she was done live tweeting the Gilmore Girls marathon, I could see her tweets again. But yeah. you can say, mute this person forever, and it goes, hey, there are currently like three posts in your timeline from this person. Would you like to remove them? And you say, yes, I would love to remove those. <laughs> and you don't yeah, ever That's see a them. really smart feature. You know, Twitter, uh, Twitter I, I think for, for our company, the biggest thing that Twitter does for us is, is let us know immediately if there's a technical issue. That's the mm-hmm. one thing I mm-hmm. like about Twitter is, you know, people, generally speaking, if there's a technical problem, someone on Twitter will tell us immediately and then we can get into short conversations with them. So, you know, someone will say, hey, this isn't loading. And we can respond, you know, what, what's your operating system? What browser are you using? What, you know, what are you doing? And then they can give us that information and then we can fix it. And then they can tell us immediately if something is fixed. It, yeah. It tends to be more effective than email. And it's something that people tend to not do on Facebook. I, I'm not sure why. Uh, but on Facebook, we don't get a lot of... Hey, this thing isn't working. I think maybe the immediacy of Twitter. Um, yeah, it really and people is. wanting that. And I also that think response. I also think um, Facebook culturally is more about a person's identity. Like a little bit. This yeah. is me. This is what I'm into. These are my friends. These are the pictures of the things that I did. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Blah 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 blah. Um. I wish I could mute the Facebook follower suggested post, but I can't. Um, <laughs> but uh, you'll really like this thing. Don't. Please please look at this thing. Never, You're going to love this thing. <laughs> Have never liked it. Um, but Our algorithms, made by math, say that you are going to like this <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so... You know, the, the ones that I haven't been able to leverage correctly yet, uh, the, the biggest one for me is Tumblr. Oh, my and God. And I think the reason why is because it's Tumblr is a one-sided... I, and this just occurred to me the other day. It's a one-sided conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, at least with Twitter, you've got 140 characters to go back and forth. Facebook has a lot of, like, commenting and liking and whatever... Tumblr is, you put up a post, it gets a bunch of basically reposts, and someone can comment on a post, but then it's it's only on their stream. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a one-sided conversation. It's it's uh it's going to a cocktail party with a roll of duct tape and a and a megaphone and <laughs> and you shut everybody's mouth and then you scream in their ear. <laughs> and if they, you know, if they like it, they raise their hand and if they don't, <laughs> You know, then they take off their duct tape and they go to their party and then they duct tape everyone else and scream it again. Yeah. It, it's a very... But the, it's, it's so so savvy of you to, to note that they went to a different party first. 
<laughs> you know, it's not even right, the same yeah. room. I mean, that's, they went to another building. Me, yeah, it took me a while to figure out why it wasn't working for us. And that ultimately, that's what it is. People aren't leaving Tumblr to go somewhere to look at something. They, they're just, they're just posting there. It's you know, it's like it's almost like their own. Uh, you know, it's their it's their little visual blog, right? Yeah. And it's not it has not worked yet as a place to share for us anyway, as a place to share more than just fan art. Which I is find- great. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's awesome and it spreads the word of our of our you know, of Table Titans in particular. There are a lot of people that love Table Titans on Tumblr. And, you know, thank you, thank you. Please keep making fan art and posting there. We love it. But it it's it's uh it's like it's like the new form of advertising. So you've got, uh, in, in the marketing world, you've got um, public relations, you've got advertising. Public relations is how you let someone know about your product, right? I make coffee. I'm going to go sit down and have coffee with you. You're going to drink my coffee. You're going to love it. Advertising is putting an ad of that coffee on the side of a bus so that when the bus drives by, you go, oh, I remember having coffee with that guy that makes that coffee. Mm-hmm. Tumblr is like the ad. You know, if you just see fan art of Val on Tumblr, and you don't know what Table Titans is, you go, oh, that's cool art. Yeah. There's not, there's not that connection. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it, it, it never, I, I'm so glad to hear you say that because I finally got around to doing an Evil Ink Tumblr page and the strip goes up every day on the Tumblr page. And I thought, okay, I'm finally getting around. Now I'm going to see just in, in waves and waves the uh, amount of action that I'm going to get off of Tumblr. And... <laughs> I think maybe 10 people are following it. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's just not something that I've been able to get my head around. It's not, I think it's, it's something that can be used, but it's like, it's more for, again, for that kind of ad thing. It's like post sketches of work in progress post, you know, here's, here's something we got at a con from a fan. That's really cool. It's, it's more of a, a posting of the cultural thing that, rather than the artwork itself. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I feel old. Old men trying to figure out social media. This, I'm telling you, Scott, this is where we get MCC, our... MCC, get off my lawn! This is where we get our comeuppance for making fun of those syndicated guys years and years ago. This is, this is, this, well, this please, is what we get. I would like... You're the one person on this planet who I know will remind everyone that <laughs> when I used to get upset about the the NCS not accepting us, people would say, well, who gives a shit? They're dinosaurs. And I'm like, well, they're gonna, that's going to be us soon, so let's, mm-hmm. let's not dismiss them so quick. There's merit in knowing them. Why can't we all just, you know, kind of get along, and why can't they accept who we are? Who cares? They're dinosaurs. Who cares if they accept you? Well, because when I'm the dinosaur, I will care. <laughs> right. I used to say that all the time, and I want acknowledgement of that. Uh, you did. You did. Okay. Thusly acknowledged. <laughs> I'm, well, what, what kind of noise does a dinosaur make? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I don't understand Homestuck. <laughs> <laughs> what is Tumblr about? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is a let's play? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, and, and, and come and, and come help me keep secrets on Ello. Yeah, <laughs> all right. I've always said Ello. I, I, 
Let's talk about that real quick. I, talk about a I social a, media platform that went quiet fast. Oh, my God. I actually made an L.O. pumpkin. It just had the smile, but didn't yeah. have the eyes. <laughs> For you know, you know why their logo doesn't have the eyes? It's because nobody's looking at their platform. So. <laughs> well, you, oh, it, I, I knew that Ello was not the place for me when I saw that thing about the Ello smiley and, and, and how it didn't have the eyes because it was so much more graceful and, and wonderful that way. And I thought, you know what? These people are, are not people who talk like I do. No. The the I, I think for me it was when I you know I started reading up on the company immediately and it's like they got their funding from a huge ad firm and you know I don't care what kind of protections they have in place, man. That is not gonna work out. They just, insist out. they insist that they are they, they, in fact I'm I'm looking it up as we speak so I can be accurate, but they insist that they had they are registering as a new kind of company that is partially public service uh it, it's it's okay hold on i've got it right here i mean that's public, that's a public fine benefit and... corporation a somewhat new category of corporation will function like a non-profit though will be taxed as a for-profit yeah it's a it's basically a 501c3 that gets taxed like a for-product and they don't have to share their uh their financial information, <laughs> oh, which is, is that the, right? that's the key, oh. not to my knowledge. What and that's, are you guys that's a talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Do you it's know- called Ello, E L L O like Ello. And it's, uh, it is a, a Facebook competitor. I yes. Guess, it was supposed to be the Facebook platform. killer and it was created by six designers. Oh, okay. So it's very, very, it, it's, it, it's just picture a Facebook designed by designers. That's exactly what it is. Very scaled back. Very I'm graceful. sorry. It's, it's ugly. I don't care. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> It's not graceful. It's, it's sparse and gross. It's 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 the stereo. Okay, let let me put it a different way. It's a stereotype of what you would think a designer would come up with. It's 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 <laughs> it's the artsy designer in the room. Like you know, it would make this fantastic. It it it, it is it's, like if you if you distilled a, a room full of hipsters down, turned them into ink, and put them on a page. It's Facebook designed by hipster Bane. Yeah. Is what <laughs> I was on Ello before it was a thing, <laughs> and, and and evidently after. No design UI here to distract me from <laughs> what's important, and that is that I post this ironic picture of Natalie Portman. <laughs> oh my God! And you and what happens is when you sign up, you know, you get you you get presented with a whole bunch of pictures of other people using Ello. And it is it, it it almost you feel like you're in a Saturday Night Live parody because it's one set of thick glasses after another, you know, fifty dollar haircut after another plaid shirt after another full beard. It, it just goes on and on and on and on. You have to I, ask what my tribal tattoo means. You want <laughs> to know? <laughs> I I mean I all all. Poking fun aside, I think the biggest issue with Ello is is its financial backing, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know because at the end of the day, companies can and will change. It's just going to happen. Uh, I, 
I'm going to use the, what was that documentary about 3D printing, Scott, that's so good? Make, uh, print the legend. Print the legend, uh, which is all about the the two or three companies that, that uh, are, have been working on 3D printing and like consumer-based 3D printing, because 3D printing itself has been around for a really long time, but you know, the kind of 3D printer that you or I would have on our office desk. Mm-hmm. And the the biggest of the of the two major companies um, that was this huge open source company that was, you know, everyone should participate and we're always gonna stay this way and blah blah blah. We're like immediately bought out by one of the by one of the big <laughs> industrial companies, <laughs> went closed source right out of the gate, fired almost all of the staff that used to work there uh-huh. that was all for this open source thing. I mean immediately yeah and it's like look that's that's corporate that's the thing uh to to be honest you know i know we're all we're all joking that we're old men but the to me the future is bright because the next generation coming the 23 year olds and younger they're not gonna i i have faith that they're not gonna fall into that corporate trap i think there's gonna be something different when they Mm. when they get to the 30 to 35 range there's going to be some other way to make stuff work. I think corporations are slowly losing their grip because they can't keep up with technology. They're mm-hmm. not fast enough. Um, but 23-year-olds, it's up to you to do something about it, damn it. And it starts with voting. 36% oh, turnout at the midterms. <laughs> lowest lowest amount right. in, in 18 to 35-year-olds. I'm, I'm stopping this down. <laughs> We've gone an hour before we get to voting. I'm stopping down the old man episode of surviving creativity. Well, just real quick, there are more 23-year-olds by US census data from last year than any other age in the country. So, and there and the second biggest group uh or the, the next closest is going to be 35-year-olds. So, 18 to 35 now makes up one of the largest demographics in America, which means not just on a voting standpoint, but when it comes to new media and changing things, when it comes to the FCC, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, net neutrality, we're the largest voice. We are now the largest voice, but we have to, we have to speak. And I'm sorry, but Twitter is not <laughs> a place well, to do it. Well, that's what I was going to say. You're going to see 100% voter turnout when you uh, find a way to cast a vote on Twitter. And until then, if you expect people to leave their houses, you're going to be in trouble. Well, you know, make a, make a petition. to. I think the way to start is to start locally and make a petition to do vote by mail. Well, I live in Oregon. We do it here. It's great. Mm-hmm. I've, I haven't been to a ballot box in years, like almost a decade. I get a pamphlet in the mail. I get a voter card in the mail. I sit down at my at my table. I I uh, you know brush up on all the major issues and stuff I want to vote on. I I vote and I either drop it off at a ballot box or I stick it in the mailbox. Yeah, and it works great. And there's there's no voter fraud because of it. You know, well I'm sure there, there's always voter fraud, but not enough that it's that it's been an issue. Um. Anyway, just you know, on a on a positive note, because we've, we've been we've been a little old manny, but look, it's the it's you know it's up to us. It's up to to us and younger than us to to do something about this stuff. If if net neutrality is a big deal for you, then please do go on Twitter and and make a stink. But more importantly, the FCC is now allowing you to comment. Mm-hmm. So. Quick Google search, like FCC comments. It was just a week ago they voted that it's open. It's open for public comment now. So go and comment. You should be there. There are 
combined, there are 80 million of the of the 300 million-ish Americans, a third of the population, you know, is using the internet and is young enough to have been born into the internet. And all you got to do is go to a website and make some comments. Flood yeah. the FCC with your opinion. Go do some research. Find out if Title II is, is the best solution right now. It may be the lesser of two evils, but when, when you... When you you know, get the lesser of two evils, then the next evil is going to be the lesser of two evils. And eventually you're going to keep on getting the lesser of two evils until you've got the least of all the evils. And that's usually an okay thing. You know what? That's, I, I'm so glad you said that because that really, it, people do kind of do this snide cynical lesser of two evil things, but, but the lesser of two evils, as you just pointed out, is the first step to very, very good government. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, it's a great point. I've never thought of it that way, and I'm so glad you put it that way because I'm going to be stealing it and using it uh, <laughs> probably over the Thanksgiving dinner table. Well, it's not just in – I mean we're talking a little bit government now because midterms are just now, but I mean in technology. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. greater control of technology than, than I think people realize. I think people have – and the reason why there's so much of that like – uh, snarky yell talk on Twitter is because people have latched onto that and they've seen that like, hey, we can get our voices heard here. If enough of us make a stink, people pay attention. And, you know, we a small minority of us making a loud noise on Twitter can get major media to pay attention and then we reach millions of people. But the same thing is true for non-outrage issues. Mm-hmm. You know, go spread the word about you know, about FCC being open to comment. Go spread the word sure. about about net neutrality and and what it means to you and you know and i'm i'm a pretty well-informed guy on this because it affects us and i don't think either of the solutions is the right solution but it's the right solution right now because the alternative is neither one of those things happen and then the corporations run amok for another decade Right. right and we have to suffer rising internet costs and you know and and uh and all kinds of controls on our stuff uh, co-signed yeah. uh, completely. Rock the vote? I don't know. What, how do you end that? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody put a button on this thing so we can call it good. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. done. Surrounding creativity. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us this week. Clearly, together, we have solved all of the interwebs problems. It's been a blast. If you like what you heard, head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity. And please, consider becoming a patron. This show and other shows like these on patreon.com are only made possible by listeners like you. On behalf of myself, Corey Cassoni, Scott Kurtz, and Brad Geiger, thank you so much. It's been a blast. We'll see you next week on another episode of Surviving Creativity.